Welcome to the Creatrix Podcast. My name is Katie Williams and I am an intuitive healer and feminine embodiment coach. It is my pleasure to guide women into stepping into their most conscious, unbound, magnetic self. This podcast is designed for you to have a sacred container in which you can begin exploring the divine feminine power that lies within you. I'm so grateful to have you here and let's get started. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Creatress Podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode because we have a very special guest on the show today. I can't help but laughing because we were like planning for this beforehand and yeah, we were just trying to like get ourselves together. But anyway, the special guest is my very amazing boyfriend, Sean. How's it feel to be on the show? Hello. <laughs> interesting. Interesting setup. Very yeah. curious. I don't ever sit and watch the whole things from the beginning when you're doing them recording. So it's kind of interesting to see your little process here. Yeah, the process is just so simple. We just sit here, have a good time, chat, that whole thing. So today's episode was supposed to be... Sorry, my throat did a thing. This was supposed to be a live class that I was going to be teaching on Instagram. And then that morning when I was going to teach the class, I just got like this really bad back pain and rib pain. So I was like, okay, we we can't do this class today. Not today. I can't walk. So then the idea came like, how about we turn this into a podcast episode And because the topic is how to communicate with men, what better option than to have my partner here on the show? So I was also inspired by this because over the weekend, I watched a rom-com movie called He's Just Not That Into You. And it was so funny to kind of just see everything play out on screen, how women really spend a lot of time trying to look at the signs and hints and whatever's going on in their dating life and with their partner. And sometimes we just really over obsess about it. But actually communicating with men and communicating with our partner is a lot easier than we think. It doesn't have to be a big puzzle that needs to be solved. And we're going to get into that today. So Sean, I want to start with how you feel our communication has built up over time and what has improved. Um, So for those of you who are new here, we've known each other for four and a half years. It's been quite a long time. And (laughs) Sean's like laughing right now because we have so many like crazy memories from when we met. But that'll be safe for another time. So do you want to go into just the different changes that you've noticed in our relationship over the past four and a half years? Sure. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I would sum it up uh, as briefly as possible. But I feel like we definitely 
over time just learn to trust each other, be a little bit more open with each other. It definitely was an instantaneous thing. It was, you know, especially on my end, like still kind of as gradual day by day. We just got more comfortable with each other, opened up and went from crazy teenagers <laughs> to even crazier, but more open young adults. Yeah, so we met when we were teenagers and we have like so many funny memories from high school. And so it's just been cool to watch like how we've both matured over time and how our relationship has evolved in a way. And I remember when I was younger, I used to be like so avoidant when it came to relationships because I thought like there's no possible way I'm going to find a nice young man like Sean <laughs> to communicate with and be open with and things like that. But it happened and it's possible for anyone. And I also feel like, you know, just building up trust over time and being able to feel comfortable with communicating with each other. Part of that, part of that has to do with being comfortable with space as well, I feel like. Um, so I feel like men really need time to have like their own space and to think things through and to process their emotions. And sometimes as women, we can think that, you know, the relationship is falling apart or we try to like push at it and have them talk to us. But this really isn't something to be concerned about. Do you want to go into that a little bit? Mm. I just feel like a lot of times guys and girls can have very different communication styles. So where men, we definitely, it's not isolation that we want at all. Um, there's a famous joke um, that pops up on you know Facebook, Instagram, TikTok constantly of different comedians saying the same joke of, we want to be alone, but we want you in the room because we don't want to be isolated but we kind of do need time to think and process about things especially if it's not something that we can just fix right away which is kind of the other end of the coin or the other face of the coin where it's like come to us with a problem it's getting fixed and when we can't fix it instantly or it's not a problem that you necessarily want us to fix then we have to think about it and kind of just not necessarily withdraw, but have a minute to sit down in our head and look through the book and try to understand and reanalyze and reread, okay, what happened here? What is the right thing for me to do instead of just jumping into whatever? So when it comes to dating specifically, does the concept of space still apply? So like, let's say, Let's say a man goes out on a date with a woman and let's say he likes her, but then that woman gets concerned that she hasn't heard anything from him. Can you give some insight into uh, like the process that the mind is going through? Mm. I do think in that sense, it can be a bit of a double-edged sword because we definitely need that time to ourselves but there are gonna be people who are gonna see any time as, you know, oh my God, why is he not responding to me? This, this, that, and the third, you know? But 
it really isn't or shouldn't be a non-response, right? Like that's not the kind of space we're looking for where it's that like when your man or your significant other or the person you're dating needs space and you hit them up and they're ignoring you, that is more so if it happens once, okay, they need their space, but if it's happening over and over and over again, then you can get to the other side of it, which is disinterest. Now, if this is a first date and that's happening, that's like explicit disinterest. That's, I'm mm -hmm. not interested. Um, they should have the cojones to say, hey, I'm not interested, but sometimes you know, people don't. Um, but on the other end, if this is someone who you know, you're pretty far along with and you guys have been dating for six, eight months, sometimes it might just be, hey, they need a couple hours. And it's not even that they're trying to get space. They might just be busy with other things. Work is a son of a bitch. <laughs> and so is everything else, especially in our younger years, right? Like, we went mm -hmm. through that phase when we were 18 and 17, 19 yeah. and 18. Yeah, and I also feel like... Um like in relationships anything that we haven't healed from childhood wounds or previous relationships can come up so like for example a lot of women tend to struggle with um like fear of abandonment and that can come up in relationships when a guy needs his space and then we're kind of like feeling really uncomfortable in that moment because we think that something's wrong or we think that that person is leaving but then that's where trust comes in and that's where trust builds up and like as a woman you'll find like even Sean mentioned you know sometimes there's a lot of work that happens that a man needs to do and I've personally found that if a man needs space because of work then I'm completely okay with that because that means that he is he's fulfilling a purpose whether that's for something that he's passionate about or something that's going to benefit our relationship in the future and so as a woman you can kind of take your mind through that process of the why behind what he's doing and just knowing that when he needs space and communicates that space then him being able to have that will actually really, really clear up his mind. And then when you communicate back with him, the energy will feel so much more clear and not so, not so like messy. And then that also gives you time to calm your nervous system down. Um, so sometimes if you've experienced like, um, like a man not responding back to you because he needs space and you're like calling and then you send a text message and then you're like, let me send another text message. Then most likely your heart's racing a little bit. You might feel a little bit sweaty. And sometimes our body can kind of get like an emotional high off of that, but that's not good because your partner's going to feel that as well. So bringing it back to just remembering the long-term vision and making sure that 
you both have the same long-term vision as well. That provides a really, really good foundation for the relationship. And just knowing that when your partner needs space, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be something fearful. It doesn't have to be a moment where you're like, my partner's gonna leave, my partner's seeing someone else, whatever it might be. And just letting yourself acknowledge those fears when they come up too, instead of projecting them onto a partner. So going into projection, can you describe like the type of reaction that a man would have when he's being emasculated in a way? So I will answer that, but I kind of want to circle back to what you said because a couple things you said just set some light bulbs off uh -huh. in my head on how to kind of describe these specific bouts of, we could just call it withdrawal, um, or isolation is definitely the wrong word, but the right word's not coming to mind, that a big, a big thing, even when we're not in a conversation that involves problems, men are constantly in problem-solving mode. And a lot of the times, whether it's studies or whether it's work or family, um, even if problems aren't presented to us directly from people, as soon as we see one or as soon as one's brought up, it, we see it as our job to automatically try and fix it. So a lot of the times, like that part of us, that problem-solving part of us just needs a break, needs to be turned off. And it's definitely not like every conversation a problem gets brought up because, you know, hopefully we're not having constant problems every day. But sometimes we need that break not because problems are being brought to us, but because we are always going to want to improve and fix things around us for our significant others just to kind of improve their lives because it's very easy to put someone else's value ahead of yourself when you're in that work and that problem-solving mentality. So a lot of the times it isn't, oh, she's just bringing me constant problems. A lot of times it's, you know, they might be thinking, oh, well, I wish I could do X, Y, Z and give her X, Y, Z and this experience and that gift um, or that rang or whatever. And so we kind of get back into <laughs> I love the how work said it, that rang. Yeah, we get into like the work problem solving mode, even when problems aren't presented to us. Uh -huh. um, in terms of pivoting back to the emasculation, um, at a certain point, it just shuts us down. Um, we will kind of try to portray the like, she loves me kind of thing. But when you emasculate, or you test a man, which is another thing that happens, um, it, it makes us just not want to be around you in the negative sense. So not the, oh, I just need a break. I need, you know, to listen to some music to let that part of my brain kind of rest. It's the, oh, I'm just being disrespected. And for men who kind of have some childhood trauma, specifically around their parents or their mothers, you know, they're, they might not display that they're feeling that disrespect. They might try to overcompensate and they might try to people please. But even like myself as a people pleaser, the minute that somebody tries to put me down, it's, you know, middle fingers in the sky. I just don't care. And I'm walking mm -hmm. away. Yeah. And I also feel like, so like, 
as women, we might unconsciously test a man from time to time. Um, just because in masculine feminine dynamics, if you're a woman with a feminine core, then you want to make sure that your masculine counterpart is grounded and someone you can lean on and that type of thing. But again, it becomes a problem when it's a constant thing and when it's disrespect or if you're trying to like control the situation or control a man. And I think as women, we might think that using these tactics on men work, but they don't. And let me explain why. So as a woman, when someone is like telling us that we're doing something wrong, then we'll tend to go into that people pleaser mode and try to like do everything that we can to like get validation or fix the situation or whatever it may be where with men they kind of retract is that the right word to use for yeah i I would call it a retraction or or like a slight retreat you know i mean it's more so i mean in, in that sense in the in the testing sense there's different levels to it right like um there are, there might just be like the blatant subconscious little things where the, the way a word is worded or the way that a, a sentence is delivered could be a little snarky. Okay, that's that, that's nothing. Um, it's when it gets to like the big stuff where it's more so, I mean, you really have never done this, but trying to get an emotional reaction um, in the negative, like trying to draw out anger from your man for something that may not even require it. You know, just those kind of like pokes and prods, like poking the bear. Um, that that will cause just, uh, uh, honestly, the right word's resentment. It, it'll build resentment. I mean, if it's a man who you know, may be high worth, may know his worth, he might just, you know, middle fingers in the sky walk away. Or if it's a man who, you know, may have a lot of trauma, maybe a lot of father and mother trauma, he might deal with it and and he may save face and he may go into people-pleasing mode on the surface and, you know, oh, I let the food burn or oh, whatever. Like, they might just start doing those little passive-aggressive things because underneath the surface, underneath that people-pleasing, they've also just completely checked out. It's just they're kind of crave the attachment so much that they won't retreat positively when they need to. Uh-huh. They'll just negatively overwork themselves to the point where they resent their partner. Yeah, and I also feel like when it comes to like poking and prodding a man, so to speak, that can also sometimes tie back into like daddy issues that women have. Um, if you've had a father or fatherly figure who didn't give you attention or abandoned you or anything like that, and then to get like this emotional reaction out of a man is like, oh, I have attention now, but that's not that's not healthy in any way. And then this is a topic for a whole other podcast episode of retraining the nervous system to come out of that that state of being that is familiar, although unhealthy, and learning to communicate properly. 
And then with communication, I want to go back to something that you said earlier about men are, you know, in problem solving mode a lot. And so like as women, sometimes our emotions can kind of just like come up and we feel overwhelmed or we don't even know what the problem is. And I think I've learned too, where if I come to you with a certain emotion or a problem, then if I don't know what it is, I'll at least tell you what I need or you'll ask me what I need because like I remember there there have been times where we'll just like go around in circles for an hour and I'll be like I'll be like upset and you'll be like what's the problem and I'm like I don't know <laughs> so I think um I think learning to communicate what we need is a good step to take when communicating with a man and then of course like you'll take initiative too and also like, I feel verbal communication is important because men don't read body language and facial expressions as much as a woman. So, uh, like, do men need more of those words of affirmation to understand what's going on? Well, I don't think we don't read body language and facial language. Um, on the contract, I actually think we overanalyze a bit too, a bit of everything because we're in that problem solving mode. And the issue is, you know, as men, we don't have the opportunity to just say, okay, I'm feeling a negative emotion. All of our problems, all of our, let me rephrase that, all of our negative emotions have to have a problem tied to them so that way they can be fixed. Because we're not allowed to just have you know, boys don't cry. Like, we're not allowed to just have that. So everything has to be tied to a problem, and that kind of trains us to be problem solvers. So there's actually times where we are stuck in the analyzation, so we don't know what the problem is. That's why we say, oh, well, I'm not a mind reader, because I can see the foot stomping on the ground. I can hear the extra huff in the breath. I can see the skin turning red. I can see the sweat, the eyes dilate. I can see the moving of the body in, you know, whatever scared or aggressive way is happening. I can see the upset, but that's all I'm seeing. I'm just seeing upset. I'm not seeing, oh, you just got fired today. Mm -hmm. Like, it, that, that's not being told to me. So I'm sitting there trying to, like, that's why we'll sit there. We're like, what's wrong? Is this wrong? Is that wrong? Bop, 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 bop. Is it the car? Is it the kids? Because... Until we get an answer, we don't know what to do because we were never allowed to have our emotions without the, like, the answer shoved in our face and walk away. You scratch your knee, don't sit there and cry, put a Band-Aid on it, walk away. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, like it starts from childhood in a sense to where, where emotions are attached to a specific problem. Is that what you're trying to say? I'm just trying to understand like, like the like the correlation between the right, two. So like from what I'm trying to say is like the reason why we are such problem solvers. Got number it. one, there's like a natural born element to it, but number two is you know, we don't get to display the symptoms of a problem without also telling somebody what the problem is. So when someone is displaying the symptoms of the problem, when you're in a relationship and you know 
you're not trying to be malicious or, you know, on the rare occasion, maybe someone is, and that's a whole different can of worms. Maybe you're not trying to be malicious, but you're just so frustrated that you're sitting there. <sighs> mm -hmm. And like the foods cooked the shit because you were so angry that you burnt your hand and you know, you're, you're pissed or <sighs> your man's trying to have fun and you know you're depressed not saying a word because maybe it's the anniversary of your pet dying and you know you're just really in your feelings and he can see okay she's upset why i mean it's not all one way i, I uh -huh. think this kind of definitely works in both directions because there's definitely a lot of men now who aren't saying what their problems are period and they're kind of masking the symptoms of the problem and they just completely act normal. So the same advice goes to them too. Like you need to tell somebody what the problem is if you want them to hear you out. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it just leads to confusion and people pleasing mode of, uh-huh, okay, yeah, uh-huh, sure. And it's like, yeah, they might be listening, but our biggest thing is, is problem solving. Yeah, and then I think because sometimes like women might feel uncomfortable with communicating the problem or not knowing how to communicate with the problem or communicate, communicate about the problem to a man, then they can start feeling resentful like when a man is like, okay, well, I'm going to go do this now or go do that now when actually it's like, well, he doesn't know his role in helping you to feel better or problem solving or whatever it is that you need. So it's kind of like a chain effect in a sense. And then sometimes when that happens, I feel like I, I may have done it a few times too. Um, and it kind of just piles on top of the emotions that are already there. But just by being verbal about it, I think breaks a lot of walls down um, because then both sides aren't feeling confused anymore. A man isn't saying, well, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know how to solve it. He can just be there. She can communicate the problems or vice versa if he needs to communicate something and, you know, he wants her input. But I think I think just communicating like our needs is a big game changer um, because then it, then the emotions don't have to like linger too. I read an article like I think it was maybe a few months ago where the writer said like it's okay to go to bed angry and then there's like that old belief of never go to bed angry. And I kind of agree with that older belief because if you continue the emotions like throughout the night, when you're asleep, when you wake up, you're not saying anything to them, they're not saying anything to you, then that resentment that you were talking about kind of builds up. I mean, in all honesty, it depends on the situation, but that resentment can build up whether people are talking or not. I mean, I believe in that old adage and in my relationships, I never let that happen. I mean, you know I have my ways. I break people down. I make them laugh. I'm, I'm <laughs> killing motherfuckers with comedy. You already know. So, like, I don't... I try not to let that happen. Uh-huh. Um, 
see, like, our biggest thing is, and it always comes back to you, you, like, you kind of have to tell us what the problem is. Um, and if you don't want us to fix it, you also have to say that. You know, sometimes it's as simple as saying, you know, my boss yelled at me at work because I gave somebody the wrong coffee and it had milk in it and they're lactose intolerant so now they're getting ill and he's screaming and blah, 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 blah. And I just want to, you know, be held by you right now. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, coming home, trying to mask it, trying to hide it, maybe not talking about certain problems over social stigma. One of the things about men is we don't, care about social stigma when it comes to other people we care about it when it comes to ourselves but specifically our loved ones like i don't care if your problem is about your period or about a car tire like i'm just here to help like we don't have that so don't ever be like oh it's about this taboo subject i can't go to my man then you're with the wrong one or you need help if like you truly believe that Uh and it's and god forbid it's true then you're just with the wrong, like, then they, then he's a moron. Like, <laughs> that if you can't so, be like, like powerful. Hey, I, I'm, I, I'm pissed off because I'm in my favorite fucking dress because I feel like shit, I'm on my period, and I just want it to feel nice, but then my goddamn Padley, that I don't have any fucking, like, just say that. Just let it out, just say that. And, and then our first question is probably going to be, all right, well, do you need more pads or no? If the answer is yes, we will hop in that motherfucking car, go over to that CVS, get you more, come back, everything will be chill. If the answer is you already got them, then we'll sit there and hold you and probably grab the hydrogen peroxide to get the bleach out, or the, get the blood out of the dress. Like, that whole, oh, I can't talk about it because it's my naughty bit, or oh, I can't talk to him because it's familial and family problems stay in the family. Go fuck yourself. No. No, like somewhere, somehow in that recipe, there's toxicity. Whether it's on the side of, you know, sometimes you get into situations where families are conditioning people. Uh-huh. And sometimes you get into situations where societies condition people to not talk about X, Y, or Z. No, go fuck yourself. That was so powerful. Sean, I love when you just like get into your authentic mode <laughs> and just like spill the beans, spill it all out into the universe. Um, but I, I totally agree. Like, nothing should ever be taboo in, uh, like, in the bounds of a, re- of a relationship. What would you say to, like, a man who isn't comfortable with those subjects? Like, kind of going back to the period thing. Is there any advice that you would recommend for a man who, like, feels very, like, just uncomfortable around well, that first- topic? First, you have to find out why, right? So people, like there are things people have difficulty talking about. There are some things people have difficulties talking about. It's, um, you know, let's say it's specifically a period. Like why, why? Is it some stupid societal conditioning? In which case, that's more of a maturity thing um, to look at that and realize, wait a minute, when I really think about that, that is a natural part of human life and why am I unable to look at a pack of pads sitting on a shelf? <laughs> like, like, why do I feel uncomfortable buying a pad? Why do I think that the clerk is gonna judge me? Like, nobody fucking judging you, dude. What, what are you talking about? 
Um, or, you know, is it some kind of childhood trauma? Um, did they live with, you know, maybe a lot, a lot of people live in dirty, filthy conditions. Did they live in dirty, filthy conditions where when they're doing their laundry, you know, they're doing laundry for the house, were there a bunch of dirty pads in the laundry because nobody threw them out? Like, is it because of that? In which case, like, you definitely need to make sure that you set, like, and I call them, like, everyday normal boundaries, but people who go through, like, fucked up childhood things don't see the everyday uh -huh. normal boundaries. So it's like, if it's like that, then it's like, hey, fucker, take your <laughs> pad out of your underwear. What the fuck is this? The pig pen? Hey, I had to deal with this stupid shit when I was a kid. Let's not. Let's be normal human beings that live cleanly. Like, yes, this is a completely normal thing, but you need to take that you need to take that thing and put it in trash before you put them underwear in the goddamn laundry. And I mean, listen, it could be different. It could be completely different. Who knows? Maybe it's a blood thing. Maybe they saw something traumatic when they were a child that involved a lot of goddamn blood, and now anytime they see blood, they freak the hell out. Mm -hmm. In that case, uh, 1-800-GET-SOME-THERAPY. <laughs> Talk it out. Get some therapy. True. Get some help. I mean, if that's, you know, hor people, you know, see a cousin, God forbid, a friend, a, a family member pass, or a pet even, and there's blood, and, you know, that might freak them out. Um, but for or... that, if it's, like, trauma-related, uh -huh. then there's help that you can seek. If it's not trauma-related, if it's societal-related... Then like, that's you could just talk that out right then and there. If you think, if you rub two brain cells together, uh -huh. like you should be able to figure out. Oh wait, why am I ashamed that my partner has a normal bodily function? Sorry to cut you off, but would would the same principles also apply applied to sexuality in general? I know we're kind of like on a period topic, mm -hmm. but then there's also topics in sexuality where like people can feel uncomfortable but would the same principles that that you're talking about now apply to those two we'll see the biggest thing and i think the thing that i didn't touch on there um that i'm gonna touch on now is judgment the biggest thing about that oh i'm not gonna go to him or her with this problem is like judgment um and when it comes to sexuality, there's a shit ton of judgment out there in the world. I mean, you've got people with the craziest opinions all over the place. Up, down, left, right, center. I mean, some people think X, some people think Y. Age of consent should be X. This should be illegal. That should be legal. This is a constitutional issue. That's a constitutional issue. Everybody has their shitty little opinions. Um, and when it comes to sexuality, those opinions manifest more so in other subjects because there's a ton of shame, right? Um, and kind of, I know you asked about sexuality, but sticking with the same topic, like, I know that there are definitely people out there who are ashamed of their period, and that's why they don't want to, yeah, no, like, it's kind of the same thing. And it, it, this is literally a, a problem fixer solution. And I'm fixing the problem. But we need to figure out the source of that shame and we need to work through that. Like, whether it's anything, whether it's sexuality, 
you know, whether, you know, he likes to kiss like that or he likes to put things in these places and hold here and he wants to get the handcuffs and whatever. Handcuffs and the ropes and whatever. the... Whatever. Anything. Because it can be anything. Like, he, oh, he wants to smell here? That's okay. That's interesting. Like... But people won't come forward with that a lot of the times because of the shame. And it's kind of the same thing. If it is the individual, if it's the individual sexuality and they are feeling shame, then there is something there that they need to tackle. And if it's the individual's sexuality and their partner is shaming them, then their partner needs to figure something the hell out. Like, if you are anything oh i mean i don't how 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 much can i say on i don't know how much i can say on podcasts is this rated uh, is this like t for teen is this fortnite or is this call of duty i would keep it in between like get the point across but i don't like i don't know how much the the platforms they're willing to include here's an example that's gonna be a great area i guess it's like Uh uh-huh you are not a man if you do X to a woman, sexually. Mm-hmm. And, and there's some people who have that belief, and I'm over here like, what? What? I put my mouth wherever I damn please. Just because I do that to a woman means I'm less of a man? Or just because a woman does something to me that makes me get like that? What? Like, there's <laughs> so much to unpack there. Number one, you and your partner should be able to do whatever the hell y'all want so long as you guys are both consenting. Number two, it isn't wrong, you know, some people say, oh, that's gay. Okay, what's, what's wrong with you? What's, what, what, what happened to you as a child that I now need to unpack your almost homophobia, like, like scaredness of it? Like, what's wrong with that? Why are you calling me that just because I enjoy X, Y, and Z? And you'd be incorrect because if I'm with a woman, <sighs> How gay? Question mark. <laughs> like, why gay bad? How gay? Question mark. I'm straight. What are you? Why are you putting these things on me? Why are you putting these labels on me? What happened to you for you to feel the need to do that? Like a projection almost, right? Exactly. It's a projection. So, like, the shame is a big factor in most anything in life, especially with human biology. Shame is a massive thing. But more so with the sexuality. It can be there and it can be present. And you guys just have to work through that. And if you're dealing with somebody who's arrogant about it, who's, oh, well, that's wrong, and yet, da, 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 blah, 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 F you, I don't, I'm, I'm not talking about this again. Like, either that person has major trauma, and depending on where you're at in your relationship, it may or may not be your job to help them through it. You know, if you're married, it might be your job to help them through it. But if you're not, uh, I don't mean to sound like a Nickelodeon pop star, but thank you, next. Like, I... That's what I was thinking. It's like, <laughs> it's like, work on the issues in your relationship, but if nothing is getting better, and you're kind of like butting heads, then, uh, you know, it's time to let them go, move on to the next person. You're one step closer to finding someone who you'll actually, you know, get along with. 
So I think that wraps up everything that I wanted to cover today with how to communicate with men. We got on some really amazing topics. Thank you, my love, for being on the podcast today. I'm never doing this again. Yes, you are. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Yes, we love having Sean on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to give five stars on the reviews. And I'll see you in the next episode.